ESPN College Football Podcast, hosted by Paul Feinbaum and Matt Barry. If we're waking up on a Sunday morning and we're wiping the sleep out of our eyes and trying to figure out who, what, and how happened, it means it is the Sunday edition, a tradition unlike any other, of the ESPN College Football Podcast. Alongside Paul Feinbaum, I am Matt Barry. Paul, good morning. How are you? Matt, uh, doing great. Uh, I'm I'm doing better than you are, but we won't uh, we won't put your woe, your personal <laughs> woes of no sleep on the on the on the on the on the responsibility of the of the paying public out there. But uh, everything is great. The first weekend is not over, but man, uh, it was uh, quite spectacular. It was spectacular. We came into the weekend and we were using all the superlatives we could to describe just how good this opening college football weekend was going to be, and ended up being on Saturday. And, you know, sometimes games don't live up to the billing, Alabama, Miami, maybe that was the billing. We thought a Miami or an Alabama beat down. We'll get to that in just a minute, but I I, want to start with the the first top five matchup to open a season since 2017. And that was Georgia and Clemson. And Paul, I, I come out of this game thinking two things. One, that was just a good old fashioned hit you in the face fight. And two, both teams played well enough to win. Georgia was just more dominant from start to finish, and it showed. Yeah, I, I think the Georgia and, and Clemson players got a clue from watching the, the Penn State-Wisconsin game a couple of hours earlier. And, but they did, it, they did it more artistically, I thought, than, than that Big Ten game. But it, it, it was old, it was old style football, and, and it, I, I can't imagine a Georgia or Clemson player being able to stand up and walk today. I mean, that was uh, as physical and as nasty a game as I've seen. And the conclusions are pretty simple. Uh, Georgia has uh, bought, its, bought, him, bought itself a ticket uh, to go a long way in this college football season, and Clemson uh, better look around for the best uh, headache uh, powder they can find because they, they have some serious trouble ahead, Matt. During the telecast last night, they kept showing Trevor Lawrence and his now fiance or wife. I'm not sure if they're married or what their, their relationship status is. Not that it matters. But they, they, kept, they kept showing them, and I kept coming back to this. And, and I don't know if you agree or disagree. I don't know that it would have mattered who the quarterback was for Clemson last night. Because they were they were dominated start to finish. Three points, their fewest in a game under Dabo, and fewest in a game since 2007. They just couldn't block Georgia. They that they could stack seven times, and any time DJ tried to set his feet, make a read, and throw, he couldn't. I don't know if the quarterback mattered. Uh, I, I agree in principle. Yeah, I think he would have uh, he would have made fewer mistakes. Um, that I, there's no question that. DJ looked very raw in spite of uh, all the uh, guarantees from our experts how great he would be. Um, but no, I, I think I think the, the Georgia defense was was better than advertising. And what I'm really interested in about Georgia is this was not Georgia at its best. Uh, I mean, Georgia was no. losing, uh, you know, four starters and, and who knows how many others will show back up on that campus. And uh, I mean, they 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 are they are they look like uh, the team that was advertised before the season. Uh, so yeah, I, I think Clemson. I mean, the 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 problem is Clemson you know, played your. I mean, one you, if you take one play out of the game, it's three to three. That that's the scariest yes. part of this game. And I'm sure that's what Dabo is trying to sell his team on. 
but yeah, you know, Clemson. It, it, but you just expected more. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, if, if Georgia had lost that game ten three, we'd be, we'd be saying the exact same thing. Same thing. Yeah, I'm, I expect that's exactly that's a great way to put it. I we had one pick six, Chris Smith pick six. If you were looking for a touchdown, I hope you were paying attention because that's all we got. I mean, JT was 22 of 30, 135 yards in an interception. So the offense didn't show up. Zamir White would pop a run here and there. And, you know, the football artistic folks might look at that and say, hey, you know, we're getting 45, 42 games every week. This was great to really have a 3-3 game of the balance and a pick six was the only score that we had. And you're right. Look, Clemson can sell that, though. They can legitimately say, guys, the defense played great. Offensively, we didn't do anything, but you know what? Hell, neither did they. And I wonder now with Clemson, with what they have, their schedule isn't great. We have talked about this before. You can't lose everything in week one. And I still don't believe that they have, but I'll tell you, it doesn't, it doesn't look great for Clemson going forward. Well, before all the ACC acolytes come out uh, of their chairs and try to make a case, you know, let's let's forget the ACC schedule for just a second, and and the absolute massacre that this league took uh, across the board. But Georgia now has a free pass to the SEC championship game, and, and, and unless Florida just simply blows us away and, and is a team that that I'm not sure they are. Then Georgia gets to Atlanta. They play Alabama, and it's a you know it's a free game. Uh, it's like last year with Notre Dame. It didn't matter if they won or not. They were going to the playoffs, and Georgia will very likely be in that position. And and so may Al- And let's say Alabama is as good as they looked against an ACC team. I might add, and you know that 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 clogs up half the field right there. And you know you know Ohio State's going to find a way and. Oklahoma, in spite of what everyone said yesterday about three o'clock, is probably going to find a way. And you know what's Clemson going to be doing? Not uh, beating the door down, saying, "Hey, you know we've got some wins uh, over over NC State and Miami and maybe North Carolina." I mean, they, that, that 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 North Carolina just really that that loss really really hurt Clemson as much as anyone. Yeah, because you, you look at the quality opponent now, because you know all the, the college football playoff parlance with everything that they try to get into. Quality opponent, head-to-head matchup, strength of schedule. Uh, they're not going to have it because, and, and we'll dive deeper into the ACC in a minute, but they're just, they're not going to have it. Whereas Georgia, I'm looking at their schedule right now, Paul. You know, Kirby tried to sell us, I believe he was trying to sell Holly Rowe last night after the game. They got a really tough game coming up this week against UAB, with all due respect to Bill Clark and UAB. I mean, you know, let's 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 be careful about overlooking them there. Uh, but you got UAB, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Arkansas. The next time I think that Auburn's going to have to really strap it up is at Auburn October 9th. But to your point, if you look at the grid, Auburn, Kentucky, there sits Florida, Missouri, Tennessee, Charleston, Southern Georgia Tech. And so you're really setting yourselves up barring just a uh, college football upset or a, a major injury. This for them, Paul, this was Georgia's opportunity to say, hey, look, here we are. Here's who we're going to play. This is our biggest game of the year, and now we're going to play football, and we'll see you guys in December. And let, let me let me go 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 on the other side uh, for Clemson, Matt. Uh, South Carolina State this week, uh, and then uh, please let me know if you need some tickets for the Georgia Tech Clemson game. Uh, 
Um, and then, you know, NC State, uh, you know, NC State's got Mississippi State before that. Uh, I mean, somebody's got to lose that game. Uh, Boston College, Syracuse, Pittsburgh. Here's what they need to happen desperately, and you know exactly what I'm about to say. They need Florida State to beat Notre Dame tonight and maybe become a legitimate team in, down in Tallahassee to help that October 30th game. Then at Louisville, if Louisville, we've forgotten, if Louisville loses to Ole Miss and Florida State loses tonight, the weekend just got uh, progressively worse. And I know you being a, a, a citizen of the state of Connecticut, I would be more than happy to buy you a section at the UConn-Clemson game on November 13th. And, and after that, it's Wake Forest and South Carolina. I mean, there's no way to uh, – there, the, Florida State is the only hope for that schedule to even look moderately embarrassing. So first of all, let me get the, and, and I want to make sure that I heard this correctly. Are you telling me, cause I haven't looked this deep into the schedule. I, I feel like I'm a, I'm a player, you know, one week at a time. You're telling me Clemson football plays UConn football. <laughs> it, uh, that I, I mean, unless I've got an outdated schedule and, and, and UConn has has simply shut the program down before I I got the paper uh, out of well, out they of lost the to Holy Cross. Anyway, <laughs> so they might. Absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, I you know after Randy, that's all. I'm looking at this schedule right now. <laughs> after Etzel gets fired, can he get hired back again, like in a couple of years? I'm sure he will. I mean, it's not going to be for a lack of effort. Now I'm looking at the, the Clemson schedule. It's rough. You know what? I mean, you, I, I don't, I don't want to hear anything. I, I, you can't, you cannot sell me Clemson the rest of the way. They might be one of the best teams in the country, top to bottom. But what I'm looking at, what you just rattled off, yeah, NC State looks good, but they didn't really have a tough opponent. Boston College, I think, is going to be a little bit better this year. Syracuse isn't. Pittsburgh with Pickett playing for the last decade. He'll be pretty good. But, yeah, you're right. You look, look at October 30th, November 6th. That's the last two games of the weekend, Florida State and Louisville. And I'm not saying Florida State can't beat Notre Dame. I think they're going to – I think Notre Dame has probably got a number attached to them, probably a little too high like we saw to North Carolina. But, I mean, that this schedule – I mean, we've talked about Clemson's schedule for the last – few years but the, the, the difference is they would show up in the playoff and, and beat sec teams but that is absolute garbage and and uh, you know i've heard some pundits talk about georgia's schedule and, and really uh i think the road game uh, at auburn and the florida game are the only games that are not in a win probability in the 80s and 90s uh those are in the 60s the high 60s but yeah you if, if you're a clemson fan this morning or whenever you're listening to this and you want to, you know, bellyache about Georgia's schedule, go right ahead. But they have a win over you. Uh, and, they'll, and they'll see the, the number one team. In, I mean, they'll have uh, two top five games before the season's over. And, you know, they don't need to, they, they don't need to be concerned about anything else. Yeah, I mean, they can beat UAB uh, three to two uh, this weekend. It won't make a bit of difference. Yeah, and you know who I, I um, think that, that Saturday was big for? I think it was huge for Kirby Smart because we really hadn't seen Kirby in a monster game type situation since the national championship when he got Tua, uh, Tua Devontae Smith in that overtime game in a classic. And we thought at that point that was going to be the jumping off game for Kirby and Georgia to just really take off into a different stratosphere. And it never ended up happening. They've, they've been around in the SEC championships, can't get over the hump. 
But Paul, you get the sense that Kirby is very aware of the conversation around him. Like, yeah, but he can recruit, but what's Georgia have to say about it? They're always getting to that certain point and can't get over the hump. It remains to be seen whether that's going to be the case this year, but at least he showed up in a top five game to open the season and Georgia did what they thought that they were capable of doing. So it's a big win for him. Yeah, Matt, I've had this conversation a thousand times uh, on, on our program, people saying he's never won a big game, and I'll come back and say, well, uh, he won the SEC championship. It used to matter to some people. He, he, he's won a Rose Bowl. He's, be, he's won at South Bend, and he's beaten Notre Dame at home. But this game just seemed like uh, it, it was going to be the litmus test. And, and the narrative is out there. It was out there. It's no longer out there. Uh, that, that this was national championship or bust. I, I think now he, he can exhale a little bit. Now, he has to worry. Uh, you know, he's done this. He's been on this a couple of years ago. You know, he was, he was swimming down this road and lost inexplicably to South Carolina at home. Uh, you just can't do that. And I, I'm sure that's what he's saying about UAB. But uh, with that defense, what we saw Saturday night in Charlotte, I, I'm not overly concerned about any of these games right now, including Florida. Yeah, he... Because the resume you just rattled off, I mean, think about what you just said. He won an SEC championship. He played for a national championship. He's won a Rose Bowl. I mean, he's done all of these things. And I think where people in Athens and around the country get trapped into, and I don't think it's a bad thing. It's actually historically accurate. Mark Ricks trotted out a team, I believe, with Matthew Stafford, A.J. Green, and no Sean Moreno and had nothing to show for it. So we've seen talent in Athens forever, and they still haven't won a national championship since 1980. So it is easy to see why you could get down the hype train and fall back on history that you're good, you're just not great enough. And I think while why yesterday – uh, why Saturday night at, at Bank of America is so important is that – it, for Georgia people, it was a home game for Clemson. They play there every year in the ACC. Uh, it it was uh, yeah. I, I don't know what the breakdown of the crowd was, but Clemson's around the corner. You know that, Matt. You've lived in the state, and it, it was also it wasn't just a big game. It was the first real setting, uh, monster setting. I, I, you know, that, that stadium was uh, a friend of mine who, who covers the Panthers, <laughs> good luck to him, uh, told me that it was the loudest the stadium had been since Cam Newton led the Panthers in 2015 to the, the NFC Championship. Uh, I mean, that just gives you a level of how big that environment was last night. And that's and that's coming after a year where you, you, you've done games all year. Uh, you did games all in 2020 where, where st- you, could, you could hear somebody, you could hear the coach talking from the sidelines if you were in the press box. It was so quiet. Yeah. And, and I think that was the, the prevailing theme on a busy Saturday. I mean, it started on Friday night, that atmosphere there. And we'll dive into to North Carolina in a second. And when you look, Paul, to me, you know, we have this college football map and how it's divided and who dominates where and who dominates what. Clemson, over the last six years under Dabo from Deshaun Watson all the way through Trevor Lawrence, this little southeast corridor down there in the Carolinas, maybe trickling down into the, in, in Florida a little bit, has been dominated by Clemson. 
And you can't say otherwise. I think they're separated by maybe 70 something miles, maybe an hour and a half between Clemson and Athens, maybe. And so this region of the country has been dominated by Clemson. And that's why I think last night was important because Georgia, while getting the recruiting footprint that they have along with Clemson, this has been a, a Tigers Dabo region. And uh, Kirby Smart was able to last night just kind of say, hey, hang on a second. I know Alabama's over there uh, in the lower south and the west from us. And then, look, I, I get that. But this area, we, we're going to establish this back because th- we're as good as anybody in the country. And now you're going to have to talk about Georgia for the rest of the season until they trip themselves up as the team based on what we saw from Alabama. Because I thought they were going to struggle. You know how I thought about that game. It'd get to the fourth quarter. I was dead wrong about what Alabama was going to do. Yeah, and one more thought on 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 on, on, on Clemson before we move to Alabama. Yeah. It, you know, this is now, and I, I, everyone knows what they've done. And you know, they're you know, short of Alabama, this has been the best program in college football. But you know, na- now in three straight major settings, uh, you know, we saw you know the the national championship game against LSU, the the, the CFP semis last year. And now this, you know, they've come up short. And listen, they came up short barely yesterday. This wasn't a blowout, but you know that that's that's that starts to shatter the Clemson mystique of of being invincible. And I'm sure some Clemson fan is going to throw up, "Hey, yeah, we beat Alabama by 28 a couple of years." Nobody cares anymore. I mean, really, uh, you're, you're stuck in a league that that is that is really uh, you know being more marginalized by the day. And and you also have the two biggest cats in college football this morning residing in the SEC. We had another SEC ACC matchup a la Alabama or a la Clemson, Georgia with, with Alabama and Miami. And I, I thought, okay, I know Alabama lost six first round picks. I know they're breaking in a new starting quarterback. Miami returns. Everyone wasn't saying Alabama was going to lose the game was saying that maybe they're going to get a little bit of a fight to stay within that 19 and a half point spread. That game was over one possession in Bryce Young to John Mechie touchdown. It's like, Oh, they're, they're going to do this. And it's, I don't know if, and I kept asking this question yesterday off camera. I don't know if Saturday said more about Alabama or Miami. Yeah. I, 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 Miami is, 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 remains a pretender. I was in Atlanta Saturday morning doing a show and, you know, I can't tell you how many, uh, hurricane fans, you know, tried to, you know, put, put the U sign right in my face. And, uh, I doubt it. I, I mean, you know, good luck. Uh, I'm sorry. You've got a nice program. Uh, you know, I sat with you three years ago and embarrassed myself, you know, wearing the turnover chain. And, you know, I can't get, uh, I've offered hot takes exposed or freezing cold takes, whatever that thing, you know, whatever they'll, you know, whatever, whatever amount of money I can give them to quit running it, but they won't. And Alabama, you know, has confidence now. I mean, Bryce Young started his first game, Matt. That, uh, you can't lose sight of that. And now we know why there were people, as crazy as this sounds, who were saying a year ago, year and a couple of months ago, hey, this guy could give Mac Jones a run for his money uh, for the starting job. It, yeah. Nick Saban and Steve Sarkeesian wisely chose the right person, but you could see why there was at least a, a pause for a moment. And, and yeah, I, I, it's almost too much for him. Now he's the front runner for the Heisman after one start. He's, I mean, I feel sorry for the guy. He's a multimillionaire. Uh, you know, but uh, but it doesn't seem like, it doesn't look like anything really bothered him in Atlanta, did it? 
Yeah, look, forgive me if I, I mean, I've got 3 a.m. brain here, but I, I think he had 344 yards, four touchdowns. It's the most yards thrown for by an Alabama starting quarterback in their first start. They seem to have unearthed more weapons. We knew Metu was coming back, but Latu all of a sudden is this new tight end that's probably going to be a top 10 pick. Jamison Williams, the transfer from Ohio State, had that 94-yard touchdown. And I that's why... I was just like, well, let's let's wait a second. Let, let's see it first before we get all crazy about Alabama. And it took a half against a Miami team that returned everyone to make it completely crystal clear that Alabama is already the best team in the country. And it took maybe a quarter for them to prove it again. And the score does not do it justice. I know that sounds no. – it was, it, was it was a 41-3 to game. And that – yeah, and then Saban. I think Saban was irritated that that he got a few more points scored on him because he knows how good that defense is. I mean, they, they were they were garbage points, and you know, it was really a a thirty eight point game. It wasn't a twenty eight point game. Not that that matters to anyone unless you had the over uh, and you were getting nervous at the end. But beyond that, uh, you know, they you know, and I I do think Alabama has a has a tough first half. They you know they had three they had three tough tasks. One's down. Uh, the swamp in 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 a week in almost in, in less than two weeks, and then then Texas A and M. So uh, I don't I, I'm not convinced though that anyone is going to challenge them. I'm not either. Look, Haynes King got his first start uh, yesterday for Texas A and M. They kind of spun it around a little bit and opened it up towards the end. But I I was watching. If you were going to see any kind of warts that Alabama had losing all of the stars. I thought it was going to be yesterday. And now that I see it, I'm like, well, wait a second. Someone quick, find me an Alabama deficiency, like point something out and it, 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 it's not going to happen. So as we, as we wrap up those two games, it says a whole lot again about the sec and based on Miami Clemson, North Carolina, Georgia tech, uh, Duke, yeah. Who lost I, like, the ACC, it needs – you'd mentioned a second ago, it needs Louisville or Florida State to do something to save the reputation. That's as bad of a weekend as we've seen out of a Power Five in a long time. Yeah, I'm not even sure the Duke loss was an upset. Uh, that's how that's how bad things are. It may not have been. <laughs> because Will Healy has, has done a really phenomenal job at Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got uh, – I mean, right – I don't do a bottom ten, but uh, it would be – it would. I would have to put uh, Duke and Vanderbilt right now <laughs> as the, the two worst teams you can find. And, but – uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's another big game we're, we're, we'll get to in a minute, but uh, that, that's it. Uh, the the and, and I don't, Matt. How long has it been? It wasn't that long ago the ACC I thought was an ascending conference. It looked like they were about to. They had the coaches. They had everything going yep. for it. And, and now they're depending on on Florida State tonight and hoping that Justin Fuente has has reca- recaptured the magic. Because other than that, uh, it's going to be a tough. Uh, it's going to be a tough watch. Look, you and I both love Mac Brown. Worked with him at ESPN. Um, but in the, in the in when you talk college football business, I I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why people didn't understand how much they lost offensively. You lose two receivers, Diami Brown, Daz Newsom. You lose Williams and Michael Carter, Javante Williams and Michael Carter to the draft. You're losing four of Sam Howell's most coveted weapons. And everyone's like, no, it's okay. We're the 10th ranked team. They're the 10th ranked team of the country. They're going to go out. But you, 
you can't, if you are not one of those high tier programs, you can't just roll out the ball when you lose what you lose and expect to dominate an opening opponent, especially in a place like Blacksburg on the road. I thought that was the easiest game to look at and point to and say, that one's going to be a problem. Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, Matt, Matt put on a happy face, but uh, he, he knew, he knew what he was walking into there. That, that's a game that he would normally have been broadcasting a couple of years ago. <laughs> and uh, yeah. unfortunately he got stuck coaching in the game. So ACC black eye SEC good, but we go. if you go out to the Rose bowl, if you go all the way left to the Rose bowl, one of the great iconic scenes in college football you have the team that some have said, one in particular, would be the surprise team in the country. And there wasn't, I expected UCLA to play well and take that thing to the fourth quarter because I just think they're really, really on Saturday night was, an, was just a dominant performance. Forget that they won. Paul, they were just the better team, and I don't even think it was close. And, and I do want to pause here because uh, no, no one uh, – I don't bet on football. Um, and yesterday I'm, I, I regretted it because I got the, the, all, I got the all-time Gordon Gecko insider trading tip uh, from Matt Berry uh, two weeks ago. When, when he, I mean, he, he, he just flat-out called a UCLA win. I told as many people as I could – and then I still had to be subjected to my colleagues uh, in the SEC just propping up LSU like you know it was 2019 all over again, and it's just not. By the way, uh, and congratulations, Matt. I, I you know I don't know whether Chip Kelly is is sending you game film after after work, <laughs> but you, but you you called it and you were right. Uh, and and the real issue uh, UCLA's got some real potential, but I, I'm. I worry about LSU because no, nobody oversells their team better or worse, I should say, than Ed Ogeron. He just can never come and in, come into a press conference and say, like Nick Saban and I, I'm not happy. I mean, it's always great. It's always we got the best team, and there's no way that this team uh, is is it, you know comes out of this very well. And I mean, they got problems across the board, especially. In, I'm glad you brought that. Especially, uh, especially with these new up. coordinators who look. Clueless. Because we look, the, the, what was the storyline with LSU? Well, he got rid of Bo Pelini. He had to bring in a new offense. We had to, we had to get that stank from 2020 off of us. And Paul, I, look, that would, that's exactly what I was talking about last night because I wasn't surprised by the UCLA win. I was more stunned and legitimately started asking the question. And it's a legitimate question now. Is everything okay at LSU? Because it is, it, it's getting a little more crystallized to me that maybe 2019 was just a perfect storm and an outlier in the Ed Orgeron era. Because since then, we saw last year, which was an absolute tire fire. And then I don't know what you're going to get this year because last night in the Rose Bowl, they were beaten top to bottom by a Pac-12 team, and I know it was on the road, and I don't ever think the Rose Bowl is a hostile environment, but they just they were outplayed. And you're not supposed to get that when you're LSU. You're supposed to be one of these programs that hovers around the top 10 every year, maybe top 15. They were absolutely embarrassed by Chip Kelly and UCLA. To me, the bigger story, yeah, UCLA is a great story, but to me, the bigger one is 
LSU, like this, this need, they need to be careful. Well, I mean, we're talking about a defense that, you know, I mean, nothing gets more overhyped than the LSU defense. And, I mean, their, their run defense got gashed. Uh, and, I mean, I, I didn't expect that to happen. Stingley uh, looked pedestrian at times. And, and, and uh, yeah, again, we just, you know, some, you know, I think because of Nick Saban, we just assume that you can, you can change coordinators every year and not have a drop-off. It affected him a couple right. of years ago. But I, I didn't see anything from that. And, and just think about LSU for a second. Uh, I'm, I'm doing this off the top of my head. But, I mean, that, that was, I mean, if you rank the tough games on LSU's schedule, UCLA was nowhere near the top. I mean, they have, they have to go to Alabama. You're right. So they, they have Florida, which we don't know much about yet. Uh, naturally, they have Auburn, team that just gutted them last year. Uh, they've got Texas A&M on the road. So who knows, uh, you know, and and I, I don't want to start this because I because but because Coach O has really done a lot. And, and, and I think the state of Louisiana has often rallied around him, especially now at a very difficult time. But these these off the field issues, which don't matter if you win, suddenly matter if you start losing. And right now there are a lot of angry LSU fans who who. Who just didn't? You know, it's one thing you lose on a last-second field goal. That game wasn't. That game wasn't even close. No, because typically 38-27 was the final. Zach Charbonnet. First of all, Zach Charbonnet never ran at Michigan like he's been running the first two weeks for Chip Kelly and UCLA. But you're right. If, you, if it comes down and it's all-time classic at the Rose Bowl, then everybody's just shaking each other's hands and saying, "You know what? Hell of a football game you both fought." But there was this clip of of O going around before the game when he was walking through the tunnel and he was mouthing off to a UCLA fan and they caught like his pansy blue shirt or whatever. But that was what LSU thought of UCLA. These, these soft blue uniforms and this really nice landscape and college football at the Rose bowl. Basically what they were saying is that we think UCLA is soft and we think UCLA is finesse. You come out of Saturday and it's like LSU, you got beat up and down the field by powder blue, soft and finesse. And again, it says more about LSU. Yeah. He called a guy a sissy. I mean, that's really smart to call. <laughs> now, now some of that is, uh, I, I think, you know, getting inside O's head, remember he was the interim head coach at, at SC and he probably looked yep. across the street out in LA. Uh, but yeah, where do they go now? And, and, and their fans were talking big. I mean, Matt, it's, it, it has a, a, a 2020 feel all over again about it. And remember something about last year. Uh, they ended up okay because they, they, they beat Ole Miss in a game that, that, that really it – it took a miraculous finish for them to beat Ole Miss last year. And then the shoe game at the Swamp salvaged the season. And then the luckiest thing that happened is, you know, they end, they end on a two-game winning streak, and I don't even remember what the deal was with uh you know they they self-imposed so they didn't go to a bowl game which 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 they didn't want to go anyway um so a lot of momentum really came from those two games and you know i I mean i know monday afternoon oh we'll be you know preaching the same gospel Uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't know that they lost it's it's uh it's, uh, you know, on Tuesday, it's always tell the truth Tuesday, and it's this on Wednesday. And, and after a while, that's not, gonna, that's not going to resonate very well. You look at their schedule, 
uh, McNeese next week. So chalk it up. Central Michigan, chalk it up. So they're two and one. Mississippi State. You know, Mike Leach, Mississippi State had to come back from 20 down. It was their largest comeback win in 50 years. I don't think anybody expected that at Louisiana Tech, but it is what it is. So you're at Starkville. Then you're home against Auburn. And much like Georgia, I think Auburn's going to be the really first and next opportunity for them to be challenged. And, Paul, I'm looking at it. Auburn, you're going to beat Kentucky. Florida at Ole Miss. We'll see what Matt Corral and Kiffin, when he healthies up, what they're going to be. Then you go at Alabama, and then you close the season with Texas A&M. There's a legitimate possibility you're looking at an LSU team that's going to put themselves in a position where four losses could be possible. And I don't know that that's going to get it done. Coach O, I just don't. Yeah, there are a lot of places uh, that you know, you, eight and four record. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, you, you, you'll survive, but not, not in Baton Rouge. Uh, that national championship, it, it gave them, it gave LSU people a taste again. And, and, and they just are not going to be able to, to live with being at best number three in the SEC West and potentially worse. Uh, I mean, yeah, you mentioned that game at Starkville. I mean, I, who knows what Mike Leach has, okay? But it's, you know, it's, it's a dangerous game for LSU. Uh, you know, I don't think Auburn at home is, but I think any game on the road for them is fairly dangerous. And I want to say one more thing. You, you mentioned Kentucky. They, they, could, they could be very good. Uh, they, they may not end up being, but, but they've got a lot going for them right now. Yeah, Will Levis, the transfer, he comes in uh, from Penn State, and he looks the part. I think he tossed for four touchdowns on Saturday, so Will Levis looks the part. You never know. Mark Stoops always get, hops up and gets somebody. So, Paul, it, it, as we conclude here on the, on the Sunday morning after a really, really busy Saturday, between the three that we just talked about, uh, I'm going to, I'll give you, let's do four Kirby smart, Clemson, Alabama dominance, LSU lost at the Rose bowl of the four. Give me the one that you believe will linger the longest. Well, I'm going to give you a a one and a half. Uh, I I think the, the worst loss of the weekend was LSU because it was a game they should have won. They had more talent. Uh, and it puts them so in such a difficult position. But uh, you know, if, if they lose another game or two, they're not going to matter in the national conversation. So I, I, I land as well on Clemson because they may not be able to talk themselves out of that loss. And Dabo Sweeney's the smoothest talker in college football, and he can get up there yeah. on the ACC network with his cronies and and, and talk a good game, but there, there literally may not be any room at the end uh, because of their schedule. And if everyone else plays chalk, and that, that rarely happens, Matt, you know that. But uh, I, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we could, we could easily say they're done. I don't want to say that. Uh, you, know, you know, with Labor Day hovering over us, it, it, you know, crazy things can happen. But, but they are in, they are in serious jeopardy right now. You nailed it 100%. Of all the storylines, you're not surprised by Alabama. LSU, I said UCLA was going to win this game for months, and it happened. But if you look at Clemson, I'm 100% with you. This is one of those games that right now, are we being a little bit prisoner of the moment? Sure. But big picture, what it did, 
you look at a team like Cincinnati, who's got the schedule at Indiana, which that doesn't look any good anymore because they just got thumped by Iowa at Notre Dame, UCF three consecutive weeks. What Clemson did opened the door for everybody who said, I'm sick of seeing the same four teams in the playoff. That's all that did in week one. It just, it just, it widened the field just a little bit more for the teams that we want to see sneak their way in there. And, and don't, don't be misled by the rankings because Clemson will not be, will not drop very much and they shouldn't. Uh, but that's not really the issue right now. I mean, they may come out whatever whatever poll you subscribe to, uh, you know, probably no worse than fifth or sixth this week, and and they'll move up because schools will lose. However, uh, they you know they I, I don't see them moving up very much. Uh, and and by the, by the time we get to the end of it, you know, they may get the data point on the conference championship, but it's not going to be a it's not going to be a full data point if the committee is doing its job. There were a lot of schools on Saturday that planted their flag. Georgia was one of them. They had the marquee win of the weekend, but we still have two games left that, I, you know, next week because we sit here and we get ready to do week two of this. We start setting the table for week two uh, throughout the week on the various uh, platforms that Paul and I work at ESPN. The conversation is going to start to broaden a little bit of who we learned the most about, who was the most disappointed. But as we come out of here on the ESPN College Football Podcast in week one, it's that Clemson has now invited more people into this exclusive club. And Paul, frankly, I can't wait to see how this unfolds because these two games left, I'm not going to be surprised. Like, look, I might have some UCLA money, so I feel a little good about myself, <laughs> but I won't be, I won't be surprised if we see Florida State due to Notre Dame, what UCLA did to LSU. I won't be surprised in the least bit. Yeah, I mean, and if that happens, uh, you know, that that's going to be a, a for for uh, Jim Phillips and the ACC crowd. I mean, they they have to, they need it. Uh, I mean, I I, feel, I, I like Jim. He's he's a, he's a new commissioner. Uh, he told me the other day he was going to see I think six games in five days. So far, it's been a really bad trip for him around the the ACC and <laughs> and tomorrow. I mean, I mean, just think about this. And, and you know, some of you will be listening to this Monday morning or or Monday afternoon, and you'll know the outcome of the game or even later. But you know, in the event that the that the ACC loses both of the both both remaining games, I mean, what we're what we're saying right now on Sunday morning is obsolete. I mean, just 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 yes. pile on. I mean, just. Just put take a baseball bat to the ACC pinata three or four more times because it's that much worse. I mean, they, they, they have to get a win here somewhere. And that's the beauty of it. It's the beauty of week one. It, it's not over for any team by any stretch of the imagination. There's so much football left to be played. But you start, if, if the 2021 season was a blank canvas, we have taken a couple happy little clouds from the Bob Ross Joy of Painting School and we now have a little bit of an idea what kind of picture we're going to paint uh, coming up at the end of the season. Paul, always a pleasure on Sunday mornings. I'd say I'm going to go nap, but that's just a lie. I'm not. Matt, I, I feel fully rested. I've had a great weekend. Uh, and I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll think of you being cranky. But, yeah, you, you may be cranky, but you're, you're a wealthy man today, thanks to Chip Kelly. <laughs> you know what? Just anytime you get an insider tip, I'll tell you, just, just, just bank on it. So, uh 
Paul Feinbaum, Matt Barry, the Sunday morning after. We're a little woozy. We're a little tired, but that's what makes the sport so much fun. Uh, Paul and I every Sundays, and then I'll be joined by Kirk Herbstreet on Monday for another edition of the ESPN College Football Podcast. Get us and download us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Well done.